again to EWTN's Bookmark. I'm Doug Keck, your host. As you can see, our guest author is Teresa Tamia, well known to EWTN viewers and listeners. This book, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us, published by Sophia, available through the EWTN Religious Catalog as always. Great to see you, Thank Teresa. Thank you for the opportunity again. Good to see you. Right, yeah. exactly. So another book for you, Listening for God, Discovering Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us. Now, you've talked about this before in the past. Now, this isn't just your story. No. It's a series of stories, a collection. How did you go about putting it together? I thought about different stories that friends have told me over the years, whether it's uh, familiar friends such as Steve Ray, Al Cresta. Joan Lewis has a story in there as well, our own Joan Lewis. And thinking about how unique, the unique ways God approaches each person in terms of their talents, their gifts, their interests. And I've had so many of those experiences in my life where God has reached out to me in different ways. And I thought, especially after and, and during all the COVID things that we're still experiencing, and who knows how long they'll be lasting, mm -hmm. people are, are are searching, they're down, depression is up, suicide what? attempts are up, suicide's up, people, the, the, the whole world, our world was turned upside down. So what better opportunity right now than to bring a, a book forward? Many people feel isolated still. Mm -hmm. the, and also, there are people who are on the fringe and don't think that God would or could speak to them because maybe they're not holy enough, maybe they're not theological enough. But he's always speaking to us in so many different ways. So I decided to choose some of my stories that meant mm -hmm. a lot to me, but then also reach out to some well-known mm -hmm. Catholics in the media and you know in the speaking circuit, but also the lay Catholics that I know mm -hmm. and have been friends with have had phenomenal experiences. Now, you're not a betting woman, but I'll act like a betting man at time and say, when was the last time you heard from God? Lately? Oh, it was, it was just very recently, uh, not too long ago when I was, uh, it was very exhausted after the election, the presidential election, and working hard to put, you know, the Catholic teaching out there and just, and you get that feeling where, you know, am I, are we making a difference? Is my show making a difference? Or what are we doing? I mean, does it really matter? You, get, you just get frustrated, you get tired. And God speaks to me many times through the listeners because I always say, okay, God, you know, am I doing okay? Am I following your will? Is this what you want me mm -hmm. to do? And almost instantaneously, whenever I'm feeling down or frustrated, I will get an email. And usually the email says, if you ever think you're not making a difference, I mean, literally those words, mm -hmm. if you ever think you're not making a difference, I am telling you that you have changed my way of thinking about certain issues, you've changed my life, EW10 has changed my life, and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, done, I get it. You know, it's time to continue with what I'm doing. So that was very recently. Um, also, just I get a lot of affirmation um, from scripture when I do the daily readings, and that happens, you know, several times a week. Usually there's something right. that I'll get that pertains to my life. Right, so. especially. It's amazing how the scripture will suddenly speak to you on an issue that you were thinking about or talking about, and there that it is day. in, in right. the scripture. You say, I wrote the book for two main reasons. First, because I've been there, done that, and bought one too many t-shirts. What do t-shirts have to do with <laughs> Bought too many, one too many T-shirts in the sense of buying the lines of of the culture. I mean, I you know you know my story. I, I was very you know almost pagan. I was falling away from the faith and wasn't going to mass anymore. The news media was my whole life and my job, my job, my job, and it almost cost me everything. And God was trying to reach me. There were even people back then that I noticed looking back that came into my life briefly, mentioned God or told me about something. I had a Protestant friend years ago. I don't think I ever told you this story. Give me one of Mother Angelica's original little pamphlets yeah, that she sure, was doing. The mini books. The right. mini books. And this was, Doug, this was like back in the 80s. And I didn't know anything about her. And this was a, a Protestant sister in the Lord. I was working with her in, in radio in Detroit. And she says, No, you're a Catholic. She says, I got to show you this nun. She's amazing. And she gave me one of Mother Angelica's books. So if you look back on your life, even for those people, or if they have loved ones or relatives who are falling away, 
God is still going to try to reach them some way, somehow, mm -hmm. if we're open to it. What's a God incident? God yeah, God well, There was a book a few years ago uh, called God Winks. So that's kind of a similar phrase. Mm -hmm. I call them God incidents as where it's, it, it's just not a coincidence right. because as Catholic Christians and Christians in general, we don't believe in coincidences. So it's a God incidence where things happen or line up perfectly, answer to a prayer almost immediately as I just described, or something happens in our life where we're getting exactly what we need at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's just too coincidental to be a coincidence. Right. So it's got to be from something bigger than us. Now, here's the real question you have right in the beginning. So how do you know that it's really God talking to you? I mean, spiritual direction is one of the things people talk about all right. the time, trying to understand when do I know this is my will speaking as opposed to our Lord speaking to us? How would you answer that question? Well, I think it's it's a journey. It's, it doesn't come with just one experience. I mean, many people hear, well, God speaking, and they think of, you know, Moses coming down from, from the mountain with the tablets or the burning bush or something very dramatic like that. Uh, it could happen that, I mean, that happened to many of our saints, and, and of course, we see that mm -hmm. often in Scripture. But usually what happens is the closer you get to God, the more He's going to um, speak to you. Not so much in an audible voice, mm -hmm. more speaking to you in the heart. And you'll know because you'll get answers on a regular basis. It, things will start to make sense. It comes through prayer. It comes through the sacraments. It comes through just listening and saying, okay, God, speak to me. You know, here I am. You know, I'm your servant. Mm -hmm. Speak to me. And he will. And, in, and usually it will come through things with which you're familiar, mm -hmm. things that you're accessing, and God's going to use those to speak to you. But it's a, it has to be on a regular basis. You can't just, you know, oh, thanks, God, I got this prayer answered, now I move on. Mm -hmm. And that's why spiritual direction is very important, because they can help you in terms of when it actually is God. Now, some people will say, well, they have a vision of something, or there's a lot of people out there who claim to see this, that, or the other thing. That very well may be true, but in order to understand if it's from God, then you would seek advice, mm -hmm. and then keep getting closer to Him, making sure you're staying very close to the church and following the teachings. Make sure that what you're doing in order to hear from God in that relationship, that it's, it's according to um, our faith. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you had some insight from some of the great saints. You've got Mother Teresa, you've got St. Augustine, and also Elsa from Frozen. What did what was the insight you got from Let it her? go. Right. Yeah, just let it go and, you know, open yourself up and, and letting go of uh, bad feelings about yourself and understanding that God will speak if you just open yourself up. It's very simple. You know, just let it go and say, okay, Lord, you know, St. Teresa of Avila, my favorite saint, as you know, well known for her um, let nothing disturb your prayer. But there's another one that I found when I was in Avila a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And she says, I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And it's a very long and very powerful prayer. It was a little bit hard for me to read because she's talking about uh, in silence and in speaking. And for me, you know, I talk for a living in sickness and in health. And basically it went through this whole litany of whatever my situation, she starts it with, I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do? And that is letting yourself go and allowing yourself to be used. And once you make that commitment and then you recommit, God's going to understand that he can use you as a vessel. Now, for you, like you said, you make your living talking. Mm -hmm. um, that's what you enjoy doing. That's what you find productive for yourself. Mm -hmm. So how hard is it for someone like you to find that silent time? 
it's difficult, as you can imagine, um, because I always want to talk to God and tell him exactly what I'm thinking about something as, as opposed to silence. But I think I've learned, because of what I've been through um, in my life, that the best times are when I'm um, doing the readings with my husband or just sitting on the couch reading um, a good book, um, and a good holy book, or just getting more into my faith. And just really what I try to do is always be in the presence of God. I get a lot of comfort from nature, mm -hmm. from sunsets, from water, from beauty, from art. I try to see God in everything, and so I think that helps me a lot. But sometimes it's difficult, because when, when you talk for a living, you when you do interviews every day for two hours a day, as I do on our Catholic Connection show, mm -hmm. you have to be prepared, you have to be engaged, you have to talk to people. So I have to really find that time. It's not easy. It's a challenge. Right. You say, although I was raised Catholic and had a powerful experience when I made my first Holy Communion, the pull of the world was too strong for me to resist. What was that powerful experience? The um, first time um, I made my communion, I, I was in the second or third grade, and I can remember just getting that Jesus was, was there. I didn't understand it from a head knowledge, but I just felt from that moment on that he was in the Eucharist, and that was one of the reasons that I stayed in the Catholic Church and never, you know, many people, they quote unquote find Christ and they go somewhere else. Well, I always knew that I could never leave the church, even when I started to feel that pull back, and I, I was going to end up back more fully in the church, but it was very powerful. I could just remember, I had no problem accepting it. It was just, it was Jesus. That was it, and I knew it. Do you think those kinds of things early in one's life that maybe we had growing up as children, even though we we grew up through the 70s and the 80s right. when things got crazy, that anchor there underneath was like a safety valve for us that we could tap back into? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's why I, I tell parents of children who have fallen away you know, to just keep praying for them, because I know my mother was praying for me for a long time to come back to the church, uh, because that, those are your roots. Mm -hmm. Those are your roots. And I think once you, you think about those childhood experiences, it makes a difference. It made a big difference for me, because I, I, I knew I could never leave the Catholic Church. I just felt so home there because of Jesus in the Eucharist. Right. You talk about quite a few of the other authors, along with you, have your own come to Jesus moments. You mentioned some of the people, Al Cresta, Steve Ray, Kelly Walquist, uh, several other people uh, who've been featured on your programs right. are featured, and other people, some people would recognize, some not so well. Um, so it's an interesting group. We talk about come to Jesus moments. You know, in some Protestant perspective, there's a come to Jesus moment, right. and then that's it. Why do we Catholics have to have so many other moments? Well, I, I think Scripture is clear. It's not a one-time thing. You know, it's we're working on our salvation in fear and trembling, as St. Paul says in Philippians 2:12. It's 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 a journey, and and this journey is a pilgrimage. This life is a pilgrimage, and you make yes, you have to make that initial commitment in letting go, as I said earlier. But then it's a constant, as St. Teresa of Avila said, "I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do?" Because God may have something else in store for us, uh, so we have to be open. Uh, we may be doing one thing one year, and another year maybe doing something else. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe he'll keep us in a particular uh, line of work or ministry, but we need to be open. So in order to have that openness and to know God's will, you have to have that relationship with him, and that will result in a good relationship with God in the church. When you're reading scripture and we're receiving the sacraments, that's going to result in a lot of Jesus moments, I believe, because it has for me and the people in this book. You know? So did Simon and Garfunkel help you find the Lord? <laughs> Which, uh, I see no. something about the sounds of silence. Sounds of so, silence. Uh, no, I, I, I just I picked up on that little. Uh, I love that that title, "Sounds <laughs> of Silence." You know, I thought it was very, very catchy from their song, so I used it. Yeah. It was a great song of the '60s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's knee mail? 
Nemail is, you know, we heard of email, obviously. Well, Nemail is, you know, God answers Nemail. So get on your knees in prayer and humble yourself and you'll hear from God. Yeah, so Nemail was a friend of mine. She always said, Teresa, God answers our Nemail, K-N-E-E. Now, you mentioned, this. I love what Mother Teresa had to say about silence, especially the last line concerning our need for silence to touch souls. What was that? I'm trying to remember the, the actual quote that she, that she mentioned in there, but when we are quiet, mm -hmm. it's just really settling yourself down. And to me, it's such a peaceful thing when you just sit and say, okay, God, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Just being with him. And sometimes you may not even, quote unquote, hear anything. Sometimes, you know, if you're at adoration, um, and my husband being mm -hmm. a deacon often um, leads adoration, and I'll go with him and, and I'll just sit and I'll maybe bring a, you know, a good uh, Catholic book that I'm reading or my Magnificat or my Bible. Mm. But sometimes I just, I just sit in his presence right. and don't think about anything or don't say anything. But the peace that's there in just that silence in the church, right. in the sanctuary is just incredible. What I found interesting, my own personal experience from a Curcio was a realization that when I stopped and listened, I realized God had always been speaking to me. Yep. I mm -hmm. just hadn't been listening. Right or I was listening in the wrong way. Right, I remember when I was a reporter, and this is so interesting. I mentioned the, my friend from the radio station mm. when I was working in radio news, and then when I eventually went to mm. TV news, I was doing a story, and this was when I was still just starting to, to think about the faith again and whatnot, and I was doing an interview, and this woman came up out of the blue, mm -hmm. and she handed me a Christian tract. I'd never seen that, you know, it was about Jesus, and it was Protestant, but, but I looked at it. It was actually quite nice. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything anti-Catholic, but I was like, where did she come from? Mm -hmm. So there are all these little instances that I think about that happened with, with different people that literally I bumped into along the way. So it's the same thing you were saying, that God is speaking to you all along. You just may not be listening. Right, and yeah. sometimes it's only later right. you reflect back and say, oh, okay, that's why these things happened. kind of happened yes. over this period, which wasn't clear to me exactly. at that time. And, yeah. uh, and that's why you have to, it's tough, trust in the Lord that, right. that he will take care of these things. You suffered from, I, didn't, I never knew this, apparently you suffered from some severe case of FOMO. I'm not familiar with FOMO. Fear of missing out. Oh, okay. Fear of missing out. And I think, I think that's, that's a, pretty a prevalent uh, disease. Well, I, yeah, it's very prevalent, as a matter of fact, because most people think that if they're going to be coming into this relationship with God, that God is this big ogre in the sky that wants mm -hmm. to squash our fun. And just the opposite is true. When I came back to the Catholic faith, a whole new world opened up to me. Mm -hmm. In addition to the great work that I've been allowed to do here at EW10 and Ave Maria Radio, pilgrimages and just learning mm -hmm. about my faith and just learning more about the saints and making new friends with common interests. Mm -hmm. I still have some of the friends from you know, my years in the media, uh, many of whom are Catholic as well, but you, your, your priorities change mm -hmm. when you get serious about your faith. And sometimes that means that you're your friendships and your circles of family and friends are, are going to change too. Right, well, you do know? you ever find because of that nature sometimes your level of discussion is too deep for some of these oh, yeah. people? Not yeah. in a sense of being, you know more, but that you're talking about uh, on a level that they're uncomfortable well, talking about. Well, yeah, because about. I was there. I wasn't talking about those things. I wasn't talking about eternity. I wasn't talking about marriage and the covenant of marriage and the life issues and the dignity of women. What the heck does that mean? You know, and mulier astigmatatum, you know, it sounds like a disease or something, right? right? I right. mean, so yeah, I, but I get it. And so when I'm talking to relatives or friends who haven't had a similar journey or haven't mm -hmm. had the experiences in terms of faith, 
I, I try to remember where I was. Right. So how can I explain something to them in the way they would understand? Absolutely. You know. Now you you have this formatted in such a way not only an individual could use it for their own reflection, kind of even a study group, but you've got reflections and you also have questions. Let me ask you: What type of noise do you think keeps you from hearing God? What do you think is the most prevalent answer to I, that? I think today? for most people, it would be their involvement in technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think because they're just so connected. And I'm starting to travel again, and it's still the same thing. You see people, the minute they get on the plane, they're told to turn off the phones or put them you know, in airplane mode. And the minute the plane lands, what's the first thing they do? They turn on their, their laptops or their phones. And people are and now, because of what we went through, and you know, in some cases they're still going through with COVID, more people are connecting online because they can't see each other in person. Right. And I'm glad that we have the technology, but I think we're getting way too comfortable with it and turning to it way too much. And I think that's causing uh, a distance between God and, and the human race. Well, it race. allows for an incredible control. Yes. It, you yeah. know, we all want control. That's right. the pride and the thing we want. And so when you're when you're on electronically like that, you're in control of the situation. You think you're in control of the situation. Right, yeah. yeah. You, you don't, you're not there in person dealing directly. In the second one, which is your story, Angel at the train station, the saintly advice is God is humanity's universal teacher and guardian, but his teaching to humanity is mediated by angels. That's St. Thomas Aquinas. So you had an angel-like experience? And I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't making too much of it. I think I have the, the title of the priest who's actually um, written a book for EWTN on angels, and I can't think of his name. It escapes me right now, but he was on Catholic Connection. and. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I Father said, Horgan. yes, he was great, great book that he wrote on right, angels too. And I actually asked him in preparation for the show. I said, okay, Father, I said, I want, I want your opinion on this, and I'd like you to answer it on air. I'll share a little bit of the story with my listeners. And I explained to him what happened with that angel appearing, that man appearing out of nowhere to help Dominic and I find our way back to our hotel in the middle of this, middle of nowhere in Italy, in this mountainous area, in the middle of these little towns called Cinque Terre. We're a very small area, beautiful area on the Ligurian coast. And this guy literally came out of nowhere, and I turned to thank him, and he just disappeared. I don't want to give all the details away, right. but I said to Father, I said, here are, the, here are the circumstances. This is what happened. What do you think? And he said, that's an angel. He said, that's how God works. He said, think about it. He said, you were celebrating your anniversary. You were, you know, spending the day, you know, looking at all kinds of different things, glorifying God, thanking God, and we were. I mean, mm -hmm. when you see that much beauty, you're always, you know, kind of thank, thanking God for the beauty that he creates. And in the middle of nowhere, this guy shows up when the train station was empty, and then the minute he gives us directions, he's gone. Right. And he said, no, he says, I believe that you had an angel experience. Right. So. Do you think also it's possible to have an angel experience without it necessarily being supernatural in the sense that it's a, God is using a yes, person sure. as a messenger sure, to you. Absolutely. Who maybe has been prompted to say, like you said, say something to you, right. or is prompted to say, let me go check out what's going on over there. and helps I think somebody. both I think right. both are possible and I, I asked father that and he said yes that that can happen but he said in this case I think you did have an angel right. experience yeah now you've also had the bread of angels and a hug from heaven explain those. that was really powerful well getting back to my Eucharist experience um, as a child uh, when I when my, right before I made my first Holy Communion my mother took me over to our school and they had taken two or three of the classrooms and made like a big Catholic gift shop for the for the communicants right and she said, you can buy anything you want, you know, pick out something special. And as you can tell, like I'm a girly girl, I like the <laughs> bling, right? And you think I would have gone for those, those faux mother of pearl prayer books, remember, and the right. lacy gloves and all sure. of that. But for whatever reason, I made a beeline for this statue of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom it said, it was Jesus as a, he looked like a teenager, I still have the statue. At the bottom it said Pontius Angelicus, which obviously is bread of angels. Well, I had that statue when I made my first Holy Communion, and I still have it today. It's a little bit worn. 
mostly three quarters of him. One, the bottom part is in, in a drawer trying to glue it together. But I still have that statue, and I was pondering that, that I've had that since my first Holy Communion as a child, and moving to college, going to all the different dormitories, and then I get married, we have an apartment and a house and our, our current home, and in all the activities in daily living, I've never lost that statue. Mm -hmm. And I was pondering that. I was thanking God because it's a sign of comfort to me. It's not that you worship statues, but it means a lot to me because it was a gift that my mother gave me in right. Holy Communion. And so I'm in Mass, and I'm thinking about this. I'm looking up at the, at the crucifix in our, on, in our church, and this is after Communion, and all of a sudden, the hymn is Panis Angelicus, exactly mm -hmm. what it says on the bottom of Now, come on, this is an ordinary time. You don't usually hear that, usually at Easter time, maybe, or, or a Holy Day. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, I noticed that the cantor was singing Panis Angelicus, and I just thought that was a, that was a little hug from heaven, right. you know? You've got mail, and you talk about words of wisdom. Scripture and church teaching affirms the intercession of the saints. Let us not forget to call on them and ask for their prayers and support. You might be pleasantly surprised at how fast and powerfully they respond. Yeah. I know St. Anthony helped me find my keys this morning, I have to admit. He's, he's very good. He actually, one of, one of our friends lost her glasses, our, our, our co-host for the Catholic View for Women, lost her prescription glasses. She prayed, mm -hmm. the security guy knocked on the door right after the prayer and handed her the glasses. Right. It was in the security van, but, but that story, um, is is really neat because it, it came in the mail. I was I was about to do an interview on a local TV station about the um, Religious Restor Freedom Restoration Act, and I was really nervous about it because the reporter that did the story he had interviewed me the day before, and it was a total hatchet job. And I knew this guy, and right. I I had the interview. I recorded right. it. I had the interview, but they had so many complaints, and he asked me to come back on. I, I I'm like, yeah, I, like I'm going to do that. Put myself out in harm's way again. But then I decided, okay, they're giving me another opportunity. But I wanted to be sure, so I instantaneously I said, okay, they wanted the answer right away because they were setting up the show for that night. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right. So I, I go into my living room. I have this beautiful icon um, that was given to me by a friend who's an iconographer, St. Teresa of Avila. Mm -hmm. So I start talking to her because she's my girl. And I'm like, okay, you need to intercede for me here. I, said, I don't know. I don't want to embarrass. I don't want the church to be embarrassed. I don't want to, you know, make the, the issue look bad or something. Just I don't know right. if I should do it again because they totally raked me over the coals the last time. I said, just give me an answer, and I need it really quick. Literally, I said that prayer, and I hear the mail. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's nice, we got the mail. Well, this is Holy Thursday. This is right before, obviously, right before Easter. So I go to the door, and there's a box there from one of my friends in, in New Orleans. And I open it up, and it's a plaque <laughs> from St. Teresa of Avila that says, do not, let nothing disturb you, nothing frighten you. Because I was saying, I'm really fearful. Right, I'm right, fearful. Right. And so I opened it up, and I just burst into tears, and I was half laughing because it was literally instantaneous. And it was like, okay, let nothing disturb you. You're going to be fine. Do the interview. Right. And I did the interview, and it went really it's well. But that was like... I said the prayer, the mail was there, I mean, right. literally that fast. You know, I, I said, I need, an, I need a quick answer because I have to call them back and let them know if I'm going to be on the show. That's the way I pray. I, I was talking mm -hmm. to St. Teresa of Avila. I was like, you've got to get God to do this, like, really quickly. I mean, I know he's not God. He can do anything, so. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you, the thing that struck me, too, in this one is the idea of growing up, you were surrounded by beautiful images of saints and statues, things yeah. like that. And I know Mother's great reason for the religious catalog was she really thought that was an important thing that was missing. Right. That, you know, having these reminders that this isn't the end game here. Right, right. And really important. And it's so funny because when I was in the secular media in my office at home, it was always about, you know, the awards I had won and my degree and, you know, pictures of me with famous people. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where any of that stuff is. My literally, my office, and my home studio looks like a Catholic bookstore. It looks like the religious 
Okay. <laughs> okay. religious catalog. So I have all my saints. It's like my team that cheers me on every day. You know, I've got St. Max, who's a, who's one of the, obviously, media saints. I've got St. Teresa of Avila. I've got St. John of Beretamola. I've got Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati, Mother Teresa. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. all the saints in front of me and all these images all over my office just to remind me. Um, because I think we need that. I think Absolutely. we need those heavenly reminders. And at the end of the book, you've got, uh, I won't go through it, guidelines for hearing and discerning uh, the voice of God, which I think is very helpful, and people can get that, uh, check that out when they find the book. Just uh, in the closing minute or so, there's Joan Lewis, our, 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 our pal, faith, family, and friends, and Joni has told the story before about her lost love, so to speak. Yeah. But I thought the saintly advice she put in the beginning, the three quotes, if it was her, I'm not sure if it was her or whether you had put this in here. No, that's her. We asked them, we asked the contributors right. to pick. So one. she said, uh, unless there is a Good Friday in your life, there can be no Easter Sunday, which is, is Sheen. This one, I'm uh, be not afraid of, because John Paul II, who right. she loved and was right. very close to and spent when she was in Rome. But this one, I know God won't give me anything I can't handle. I just wish he didn't trust me so much, which is St. Teresa of Calcutta. I know, that I think funny? that's the one yeah. that I think everybody can sort of relate yeah. to. Right? But Joan's story is amazing, because yeah. she had planned on, you know, getting married and, and having right. a family. But what she always says is, she has now a bigger family than she could ever have imagined right. by her life taking a different course, something that she didn't plan, but that was, you know, another godsend and said he moved her in a completely right. different direction. So right. speaking of other directions, another book on the works? I think I'm gonna take a little bit of a of a break. Um, I've been asked to write a book for Deacon's Wives, mm -hmm. I, I, but I, this is the second book. I did two books in one year. And the last book I wrote was on COVID, um, and very grateful for the coverage that E.W. Chen gave to that as well. Um, conquering coronavirus, mm -hmm. but I've written now, I think, 14 or 15 books. Um, so I think I'm going to take a little bit of a break and kind of discern, you know, see if there's any godsidences. I would like to write the Deacon's Wives books, but it's going to take a lot of research, so I want to give myself a little bit of a break on that. And then I hope to write, when things open up again, I hope to write a book about um, pilgrimage in Italy, too. Okay. So, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. open invitation to stop by anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much. Okay, always a pleasure to have you here. Of course, check out Catholic Connection every week day on EWTN Radio. Teresa Tomio, the one and only listening for God, discovering the incredible ways God speaks to us, and he really does. We just have to listen, published by Sophia, available through the EWTN Religious Catalog, all things Catholic, EWTN.com. Check it out, check us out next time, right here on Bookmark. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next time.